they need a home, they can get a home loan. If they need education, they can get education. If they were hurt in service, we pay compensation. If you weren't hurt in service, but you fell on hard times, we give you pension. There's just an array of benefits out there for veterans, and we really want to just make sure that all the veterans know what's out there. Choose VA today. For more information, visit va.gov or call 1-855-948-2311. Oh, let's get it. Monday, September 6th, 2021. Born the Battle, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. However you listen to Born in the Battle, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the player inside the blog. Hope you're having a good week outside of podcast land. One new review came in to Apple Podcasts. This one is from Apple Podcasts out in Canada. Canna Miggy updated their review. Hope all is well out there, Canna Miggy. Says five stars. Well, actually, Canamigi is in America right now, in Phoenix, as a matter of fact. The review says five stars. A VA tells it all. Sure glad I found this podcast, as it is very interesting and worthwhile listening to. The host is a good interviewer, and I am listening at the American Legion Convention, and this was a very interesting podcast. Canamigi, wish I did go to that convention. Uh, saw some photos from a colleague of mine. Also fellow podcaster. Ashley out there, who looks like she had such a great time at the American Legion Convention in Phoenix. I uh, hope you got a chance to meet her as well as Jeff and Mark. Uh, all three of them are the hosts of American Legion's Tango Alpha Lima podcast. Again, Ken and Maggie, thanks for the review. As you already know, I'm looking for that next review. If you haven't yet, please consider writing one for Born the Battle on Apple Podcasts. Doing so does help us climb higher in the algorithms, giving more veterans a better opportunity to discover and listen to the interviews, our benefits breakdown episodes, and hear what's in our news releases. And it's also the best way for me to communicate with you. Here we go. News releases. Got just one this week. Says for immediate release. The Department of Veterans Affairs has expanded the Shallow Subsidy Initiative and will grant $200 million to over 230 nonprofit organizations across the country and territories to provide housing rental assistance to extremely and very low-income veteran households eligible under VA's Supportive Services for Veterans Family Program. The initiative funded by the American Rescue Plan is now available in every state, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, and Guam, and promotes long-term housing stability by providing rental assistance payments directly to landlords on behalf of eligible veteran households for up to two years. The SSVF Shallow Subsidy Initiative covers 35% of eligible veterans' rent for two years without the risk of subsidy decreasing if the veteran's income increases during that two-year period. That's unique. The purpose is to incentivize veterans to increase their income through employment or other means. The initiative also works closely with the Labor Department's Homeless Veterans Reintegration Program to help veterans secure unemployment. To learn more about VA's mission to end veteran homelessness and how you can help, go to www.va.gov forward slash homeless forward slash stakeholders dot ASP. 
All right, in the spirit of the news release, this week's benefits breakdown is on the HUD-VASH program, which is a, a sister program to the SSVF program. HUD-VASH is a collaborative program between housing and urban development and VA by combining HUD's housing vouchers with VA supportive services to help veterans who are homeless and their families find and sustain permanent housing. Through public housing authorities, HUD provides rental assistance vouchers for privately owned housing to veterans who are eligible for VA healthcare services and are experiencing homelessness. VA case managers may connect these veterans with support services such as healthcare, mental health treatment, and substance abuse counseling to help them in the recovery process and with their ability to maintain housing in the community. Among VA's homeless continuum of care programs, HUD-VASH enrolls the largest number and largest percentage of veterans who have experienced long-term or reputed, or repeated homelessness. At the end of fiscal year 2020, over 100,500 subsidized housing vouchers were allocated to HUD-VASH, with nearly 80,000 formerly homeless veterans living in their own permanent housing as a result of this partnership. We have their acting director, Megan Deal, here on Born the Battle to break it all down for you. In addition, we have Ken Leslie from a nonprofit called Veterans Matter, who works with HUDVASH to explain how a nonprofit can help in these efforts. Enjoy. Megan, it's good to be talking to a fellow Washingtonian. It's where I grew up. I grew up out in Grace Harbor. So it's great to find. Oh, really? Yep, yep, yep. Go out, out in uh, Hoquiam and Aberdeen, way out there. Actually, Oh, nice. If you know where the, the town of Hump Tulips is, population 300, I grew up out there. Absolutely. I've been here my whole life. I know right where that is. Love it. Love it. Um, Welcome virtually home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Megan, you're the current acting director of the HUD-VASH program for VA, correct? That's correct. You know, it, it's not often that we have a national director of a program not in D.C., not located in D.C., yeah. Yeah. No, our whole office is actual, actually virtual and that's a pre-pandemic setup. Um, and it, and it helps, it helps us to connect to the field. We're kind of spread out around the country. So have a little bit more of a sense of what's going on, a pulse of what's going on on the ground. That's the intent anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now you're not a veteran. Uh, we normally have veteran, neither one of your veterans, uh, we normally have veterans on board the battle, uh, but you've done social work your whole career, it seems. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I have, um, I am not a veteran. Um, I'm a civilian VA employee with the honor of serving veterans. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been doing social work my entire career and um, specifically with veterans for the past 17, 16, 17 years. What has drawn you to veterans as, as someone that has never, do you have veterans in your family? Is it, is it something that you just fell into? How did, how did veterans become your mission? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I mean, I would say at the time I fell into it, you know, it's one of those things where you look back and you think, you know, that was meant to be and the way that the way that played out makes a lot of sense. But in the moment, it didn't. Um, I've always been drawn to working with underserved populations, populations that, you know, are in at times invisible. Um, so the homeless population in particular, yeah. um, any groups of people who don't have access to the resources they need. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, to your question about whether I have veterans in my family, um, I didn't perceive that I did. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I certainly didn't grow up in a family with a military culture or any, um, yeah. you know, 
evident, obvious discussions about that. My grandfather that I was very close to was a World War II veteran. Um, he passed away when I was about 11. Um, and it was something he never spoke of. So it was mm. one of these, you know, sort of secret things. Um, and my relationship with him and who he was as a person in a lot of ways actually drove my desire to do social work. Um, but I didn't connect that specifically to a veteran identity because of the way he presented and displayed his experience. No, I, 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 compl- um, I completely understand that my, my great grandfather, when I got a, a boot camp from the Marine Corps, that was the first time that I noticed in my grandfather's room, a picture of my great grandfather in Marine Corps dress blues. Didn't know that, you know, so I completely understand that, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't know until you, until you started digging into something like that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, in terms of social work, you know, it's a very broad field. Um, I started working with doing street outreach type work with homeless populations, um, trying to connect them to services just with the general population. And I really fell into the VA um, educationally because there's such good training. So I saw that as an opportunity to to learn more um, from all the amazing clinicians that work in our VA system. Yeah. Um, and in that opportunity, I just, I fell in love with the population. I, it was like, these are, these are the people I want to work with. Um, you know, it was, there was such a huge group of veterans who need and deserve the support. Um, and in, in many places, there's resources to provide to them. So it was an opportunity that, um, you know, I jumped into, never thought I'd want to be part of quote unquote, the system, but here I am. So. <laughs> I don't think any of us uh, <laughs> thought of it that way as well. Um, but it, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a great place to, to actually to do some good. So, um, okay. Ken, uh, again, uh, not a veteran. How did you, how did you get involved in helping veterans? It was an accident. Um, I used to be homeless myself, so I understand what, uh, oh, wow. how bad it can get. And one of the things we started a homeless group a few years ago. Um, and then when John Mellencamp got involved with it, it kind of grew and expanded. And one of the things our group does is we'll partner with the VA and go on blitzes to the woods and abandoned buildings and look for veterans who are homeless. Yeah. And we were doing one in my hometown in Toledo. And, um, my friend with the VA told me about this great program the VA had to house homeless veterans. This is 2012. And I'm like, bullshit. If it's so good, how come Freddie's not housed? And she said he didn't have a $600 deposit. Yeah. And, and I said, well, what do you do when they don't have the deposit? And she said, well, we take everything we can. We take them to the churches, VFWs, and even help them beg for it. And that wow. broke my heart. Yeah. So that night came with this idea of Veterans Matter. We take care of their own. Uh, write the check to the landlord, 100% success rate. Um, I needed 26,000 for 35 veterans coming into my town. So wow. the next morning called the foundation. I said, I need 26,000, $250 and fast because veterans are waiting. And you know how, how slow foundations are. I mean, the government runs faster than some foundations. Gotcha. Uh, but in this case, seven days later, Valentine's day, five thirty six PM, she called and said, here's your full funding. And three days after that, we housed our first veteran. It was 11 days from idea to execution. Wow. When, when they're homeless on the streets, that's when they need us most. And they've given so much. I mean, I mean, they, they put their lives in line. I mean, they never quit fighting for us. So we're sure as hell not going to quit fighting for them. And uh, we had an opportunity, a simple way, a simple way to get them into a program, a successful VA program that has a 91% success rate keeping them housed. It's just simple. Outstanding. Um, well, that's what, that's the reason I'm here. I want to, I want to learn how simple it, it can be to get a veteran off the street 
with, I mean, I, I love that we, I have a, I have a, a both, you know, a representative from uh, the HUD VASH program and a representative that is a nonprofit that has taken advantage to help has taken advantage of the program to help the veterans to use the program. So, so real quick, um, Megan, can you give us a quick overview of the housing and urban development uh, VA supportive housing program, otherwise known as HUD VASH? So, um, Tanner, HUD VASH is a is a collaboration actually through, between two <clears throat> big federal agencies. Yeah. Um, as its name belies, HUD, um, which provides a housing voucher, commonly known as like a Section Eight voucher. Okay. People typically refer to it as um, to homeless veterans. And then pairs that with um, case management and other supportive services through VA clinical staff members. So essentially, unlike a typical Section 8 program where an individual is provided just a housing voucher and told, you know, go out and find housing and, um, you know, have a nice life, essentially, um, VA takes that um, and and pairs that with the support that the veteran needs. And, And those support services you know, vary based on the individual veteran need, but they're long-term and it's ongoing. The goal is to get the veteran into permanent housing um, and help them sustain that housing over time. Okay. Overall, we have 105,000 vouchers now that are awarded by um, HUD um, to veterans. And, you know, we're working on getting all those issued and in the hands of the right veterans. Tracking, tracking. Uh, Real quick, and we kind of broke this down with John Kuhn, uh, the SSVF National Program Director in a previous benefits breakdown uh, that you can, that if you're listening to, to this, you can you can listen to that episode as well. Uh, but explain the relationship between HUD-VASH and the VA Supportive Services for Veterans Families Program, otherwise known as SSVF. How do those two work together? Absolutely. Um, there's actually a lot of ways that HUD-VASH and SSVF partner, um, and sometimes they change to, to meet local needs. But at a, at a big level, HUD-VASH is really um, a program that's designed for veterans who need ongoing support. Um, we anticipate they're going to need both the financial assistance of the voucher mm. and the case management and clinical support services, likely long-term, not, not necessarily permanently, but over an extended period of time. Um, the focus tends to be on the very most vulnerable of our veterans, okay. the ones with the most significant needs who might need the most assistance um, getting themselves you know, off the street and into permanent supportive housing. Um, SSVF does um, some additional services that HUDBASH can't do. It does homeless prevention. Um, has some services available to help people um, not lose their housing in the first place. Gotcha. Um, and it does rapid rehousing, um, really helping people very quickly who have lost their housing get back into housing with some case management support, but not necessarily the long-term support that HUDBASH provides. Tracking, tracking. So uh, I also saw that there's funding that's given from SSVF to local nonprofits, correct? Like there's a whole list of those, like, Ken could apply for SSVF funding. Correct. SSVF is a grantee model. Yeah. So SS, the staff members um, who work for SSVF are actually community partner grantees. Yeah. Whereas um, with HUD-VASH, by and large, with some exceptions, they're mostly VA staff members Tracking. out of the VA medical center. Tracking. So it's 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 a program through like from the VA, not through the VA. Correct. Got you. Ken, are exactly. you, Ken, are you part of the SSVF? program family? Have you been granted funding? Um, 
We are not. We don't. We don't qualify. We partner with our SSVA partner here in town and nationally. And way, the way it seems to work is there are times when some areas don't have, uh, or they've already gone through their SSVF uh, allocations. And those are the times, uh, in some cases, where they'll use uh, our resources to be able to get the veterans housed. They use us to uh, to be able to get the veterans housed, free up the SSVF money that they can use then for homeless prevention. Okay. Which, in a sense, the leverage allows one for one for one where every veteran we help house reduces another veteran who will not become unhoused. Okay. So it's a really good symbiotic relationship. And the real heroes in the story are this, the, the VA social uh, social workers who are actually doing all the heavy lifting. And they're the ones that are making all of this happen. And when they have veterans who have nowhere else to go, they let us know. And the, the, the Americans who give to our program become the guardian angels. Most of the veterans that we house don't even know it's us who house them. It's so cool. Gotcha. So, so the VA um, social work is kind of the coordinator for a, a project on getting a veteran, either preventing them from, from being homeless or reaching out to you for when they are homeless and they need, they, they need that deposit. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. And, and they, they go into the shelters and they go into the streets, they go everywhere. Uh, when, when calls to the national homeless hotline come in, your homeless hotline, they'll, they'll dispatch people out to get them. And, and it's a really amazing symbiotic relationship between all of those who are rallied to help homeless veterans. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think that's the beauty of it. Got you. Uh, what's, what's your local SSVF uh, nonprofit out in town that, that works with the VA? We just know it as SSVF. Uh, the five-county rural uh, community action committee or okay. partnership, I think, is what their new name is. Okay. But we, we partner with the SSVF. Um, in, in many cases on veterans where, for example, uh, they might have limitations where they can only help a veteran up to X and then we'll cover the, uh, the balance Got you. to be able to help a veteran. So it Got really you. is a nice, nice partnership. Got you. So when the HUD bash kicks in, says we're going to have the vouchers, um, do you, do you help the veteran with that paperwork or are you, are you there for, Hey, that, that initial deposit we're there for you, the thing that HUD bash can't cover. What's so cool is we're small, we're efficient. The VA does all the heavy lifting. They find the veterans, they help them find the place. Uh, they help the veteran get the voucher. It's all negotiated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is that the homeless veterans don't have the deposit. And I know a lot of working people yeah. that don't have the deposit. So how can we expect you know, veterans who are homeless or any homeless to be able to have that. Yeah. So that's where that process comes in. And when the VA social workers and veterans who have nowhere else to go in any of our funded areas, they'll go online at uh, the point of contact. We have a very simple little referral form. They request the uh, uh, the deposit, hit send. It's automatically approved because all the conforming uh, referrals are automatically approved. And we send the check the same day. Wow. So we're able to reduce the time normally that it would take from weeks to minutes, you know, to help get a veteran house. Yeah. So HUD VASH covers the 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 month to month, the and and you cover the initial deposit. Yep. Very cool. Very exactly. cool. Gotcha. Um now, Megan, you talked I, I thought the number last number I saw was over ninety thousand veterans are currently using the program, the HUD VASH program, but there's over a hundred thousand. So, um, yeah, that's an important distinction. Um, it's actually over 80, just uh, just about 80,000 that are currently housed in HUD bash vouchers. Yeah. So they're currently under a lease, right? Um, and then there's 
um, at any given time, a large number of additional veterans who have a voucher that's issued to them that are looking for housing. So that could be that um, they're having a hard time finding housing because they live in a community with with very low housing vacancy. Sure. Um, it could be they found housing and they need all the deposits and paperwork and information like the stuff that Veterans Matter offers. Yeah. Um, or it, it could be, you know, that they're just early on um, in their housing search. Then we have an additional um, number of vouchers that aren't yet utilized, right, that are there and available for veterans. And, and the amount um, and the locations really varies across the country. There was just a brand new allocation from HUD um, just at the beginning of January of an additional nearly 5,000 more vouchers. So that's part of that large number. Okay. So there's 90,000 vouchers out there, um, but it's broken up by zip code or broken up by area? They're actually divided by area. So the vouchers are awarded to public housing authorities, which is how HUD manages um, at the local level. Okay. So the housing authority catchment areas vary, um, but each of those housing authorities that has a um, allotment of HUD vouchers is partnered with a local VA medical center. So any given VA medical center might work with, you know, three public housing authorities, or they might work with 15 public housing authorities. Um, and when they have a veteran who meets the qualifications um, and is in need, they refer them to the public housing authority to get that voucher. Okay. What if all the vouchers are used in that particular area by the time that veteran gets there? Is there a transfer program where they get a transfer from a, a different housing authority? Or is that more of a, is that more of a housing urban development question? No, I mean, it's a hot-bash question for sure, because anytime um, a VA staff member in one of our homeless programs is working with a homeless veteran, their goal is to assist that veteran to get into the appropriate, safe, and affordable housing, yeah, right, with yeah. any available resource. Yeah. Um, so it, it is absolutely a VA question. Um, there are times that there is a transfer available. There might be a medical center that um, where a veteran says, you know, I really want to live in this area. And that that social worker or staff member who's working with them, you know, needs to let them know, you know, actually you're eligible for the program, but there's nothing available there right now. Would you be interested in, you know, living across this county line right over yeah. here because yeah. we have resources here? Um, there are other times that we work with veterans who actually really would prefer to move home, be where their family is. And they might do some coordination there to see if there's any availability there. And sometimes there are times that there is a better option for a veteran that might be HUD-VASH eligible, but there's nothing available. And there's another resource in their community um, that we can connect them with, right? Rather than yeah. having them wait for the next available voucher. So it really depends on the community resources yeah. um, and partnerships and the needs of the individual veteran. Gotcha. But at the end of the day, you're going to do what you can to get that veteran at home. Absolutely. That's our mission. Tracking. Uh, you talked about eligibility. How is a veteran eligible for HUD-VASH? I saw on your website that there are definitions that says definitions defined in the McKinney Homeless Assistance Act that your program adheres to. What does that mean? Yeah. So um, the McKinney Homeless Assistance Act is a um, congressional act that defines what it means to be homeless, essentially, okay. right? It takes something that we all use every day. <laughs> we think we know what it means. And it really um, breaks it out with different categories. There's definitions for at risk of homeless. There's definitions for chronically homeless, which somebody who's been homeless a long time, yeah. essentially in a lay description yeah. um, and currently homeless, imminently homeless. You know, there's just all these, all these different breakouts. Um, 
at its very basic level, to be eligible for HUD-BASH, you need to be homeless, so not currently housed in, a, in a, what is normally considered an appropriate and safe place to live, okay. right? And, um, and you need to be under whatever the local income threshold is for um, the public housing authority. That's typically 80%. Um, of the average um, uh, income of that area. Um, th that's the basic eligibility. What you referenced uh, a moment ago, though, about capacity is, is really important because we have some regions of our country where we have way more veterans that meet that eligibility criteria yeah. than we do have, than we have available resources, right? Yeah. And then we have other areas where all the veterans who meet that criteria are able to get a HUD bash voucher. So the the way those resources are allocated and prioritized really look different community to community. Um, but that's something we're always working to, with HUD together to try to balance out, right? To make Ab those absolutely. needs match absolutely. the resource. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I also saw a link uh, on your website for the HUD's Office of Native American Programs. Uh, what's that about? Yeah, no, that's very exciting. I'm glad you brought that up. So we have um, also in collaboration with HUD, obviously, um, what's officially considered a demonstration project, but it's been going for quite a few years now called Tribal HUD Bash. And essentially, you know, this grew out of the acknowledgement that um, our tribal areas, there's many veterans in our tribal areas and many veterans in need. Um, but the the infrastructure is different. Um, housing resources are very different. Um, there aren't public housing authorities in the same way um, that there are in the rest of the country. Mm. Um, there are tribally designated housing entities that, that operate differently than public housing authorities that are off tribal lands. Okay. Um, so tribal HUD-VASH from a veteran perspective functions very similarly um, to uh, our, our standard HUD-VASH program. Um, but it, it, at its base, it's structured a little differently. The tribes actually um, partner with HUD and receive grant funds to support uh, housing homeless veterans. And then VA provides case management services in the same way. So, you know, from a veteran perspective, what it does is it allows the veteran to get funds to support housing. Um, these are tribal, tribal members um, in these various areas across the country. Um, and then VA comes in and provides that case management support in partnership with the tribe um, and really working with them to understand any unique cultural needs um, and issues that are relevant to them there. Say I'm the Quinault tribe or say I'm the Chehalis tribe and I'm just throwing out some hometown uh, love out there um, and I'm not part of this program. Mm -hmm. uh, what's where can I go to get to apply to be to be part of this program? Absolutely. So HUD's um, Office of the Native American Program homepage, which I don't have the link in front of me right uh, now. We'll put in the blog. Um, we'll put in the blog on blogs.va.gov. Sure. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, has a link to the notice of funding availability, the NOFA and the tribes um, that outlines how they would apply. Um, what's very important is that the tribe would want to connect with their local VA medical center um, and their homeless program lead to assist in helping assess the need and make sure they've got all the information they need from that VA medical center. Cause they would need a letter of support from the VA medical center saying, yep, we, you know, we support this tribe's bid. We want to partner with them to, um, great. you know, serve these veterans. Great. Great. Okay. Now, once you're eligible for HUD-VASH, 
How is this program able to provide assistance? What's the first thing that the, that the veteran will see? You know, just to continue to go back to the mantra that the actual, you know, admission process or the way things happen look a little different in every community, like what building that might happen in or, you know, who you might be talking to. But essentially what's going to happen is a veteran's going to have an initial assessment interview to make sure that they're eligible, to make sure that the team understands what are these veterans needs and what's their what are their desires, right? What are they looking for? Um confirm they really do want permanent housing, which, you know, 90% of the people we talk to do, if not more, right? Okay. Um, confirm that they know what areas they're interested in working. I was, in I, was I was, in, I was wondering right? if, I was wondering if some don't do, do, are there some that don't? I, I, yeah. Okay. There are, and, and I, and I don't, to be fair here, I think, um, there's not a lot of, of veterans or individuals who will say, I don't ever want to safe, permanent place to live. Right. I mean, yeah. you hear that some people don't want it, but I, I think at core, you know, it's a human desire to have a safe absolutely um, place to live of your own. Right. Um, that said, there are individuals who, who say, you know, right now, I really would like to go to a more supportive um, residential treatment facility, for instance. Right. Okay. I'd like to be involved in a, um, shared housing program with other veterans for a period of time. I feel like I need that. That happens sometimes um, before I, I get, move I want, into I my to, own apartment. I want to get my mind right before I, before I take that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to note though, that that is not a requirement of the HUD bash program. Mm. You know, the core tenant of a HUD bash program is, you know, housing is a human right. The first thing we want to do is get pe people into a safe, affordable place. So you're not going to find people saying you're eligible for HUD bash, but first you need to, to use your words, go get your mind right. Like Good. that's not, that's not a thing because we really believe we, the best way to do that is to feel safe and cared for and have your basic needs met. Sure, right? sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah. But sometimes a veteran might choose to do something else first, but most of the time, not right. Most of the time they're gonna be like, great. And then, and then it's a question of sorting out with them. Okay, great. So this is what, this is the areas that we might have a voucher available in. Yeah. Um, where's your interest. And if, once those things are matched up, you know, there's a period of, there's of course, paperwork, always paperwork, um, where you're going to have the HUD VASH case manager assisting the veteran in completing, you know, getting together all the documentation that the housing authority needs, you know, if they don't have a state ID, for instance, or um, their DD-214 or various pieces of um, ID that the um, public housing authority requires, then that case manager is going to help them get it. They might drive them there. They might direct them to where it is, just whatever the um, level of support that that veteran needs. Um, fill out the application um, and help them walk them through the, the process of getting the voucher issued from the housing authority. Once they have that voucher in hand, then it's about helping them find the housing. Sometimes you have a veteran who says, you know what, I know exactly what complex I want to live in. And I know there's vacancy because I have, you know, a buddy who's over there mm. and lives there. And so that's where I want to go. I would say that's not um, that's not as common, of course. Um, lots of times, a lot of our homeless veterans are in, you know, communities that have really low um, residential vacancy, really high housing costs. It can be really hard um, to actually find an available unit um, that's affordable. For example, like my hometown, Grace Harbor. I'm seeing that I'm seeing that back home. 
mm-hmm. housing rates are just skyrocketing. And so rent rentals are skyrocketing and there's not much vacancy. That's a really good example, Jenner, because I think a lot of times when people think of challenges in finding housing, they think of the big urban areas, right? Yeah. So your example of Grace Harbor, you know, people think, oh yeah, Seattle has a really tight housing market. But what you start to see, of course, is that then people are like, well, I don't want to live in that crazy market. So I'm going to go further out yeah. and I'm going to go further out from that area. Right. Yeah. Um, and it pushes up the market. And a lot of those um, smaller communities just don't have the housing stock either. Right. So now the costs have gone up. There's more people moving there. Um, and there's not, you know, there's not new buildings with lots of units going in all the time. So yeah. it can be really challenging. So that's the core component of, of what um, a HUD-BASH case management team would do is really dr- assist the veteran in um, not only going out to visit units and, t- and communicating with landlords and helping, um, you know, some folks need help knowing, you know, what do you share with the landlord? What do you, how much do you tell them? <laughs> you know, which, what, how do you interact? You know, there's folks that have never done that before, but also just identifying where there might be vacant units. You know, our teams have connections with landlords who want to work with veterans who yeah. have worked with the HUD bash program before, you know, and they see that as part of their mission. So making those connections is a big part of it as well. Tracking, tracking. Okay. Now, Ken, you're the CEO of Veterans Matter, which which helps veterans find ways off the street, and you're out in, you're out in Toledo, uh, not a not a not kind of urban, but not but not too big like we were talking about. Not it's not Seattle. Now you've you've housed four thousand veterans since your nonprofit started, and you've had some pretty big endorsements and support uh, from ZZ Top to John Mellencamp. Um, how does HUD Vash? First of all, uh, how'd you get those endorsements? I want I want that story. Uh, but two, how does HUD Vash support your efforts? The way we view ourselves is more worth supporting the social workers who are on the front lines okay. and giving them another resource to be able to help the veterans who have nowhere else to go. So our our our, our real customer in this sense is the veterans. Sure. But the store that's selling to them is the HUD Bash social workers. So we we deliver whatever we can to the social workers to give them that tool to do in minutes what customarily might take weeks to be able to find. Um, and as of this morning, I'm happy to say we've housed 4,232 veterans. And as soon as I get done with this podcast, we're going to house eight more today. That's outstanding. Um, and, and yeah, and the cool, uh, 9% of them are female veterans and 26% of the people that, that of the, of the families are children yeah. um, who are getting housed. Uh, 56% are army Navy's 20% air force is 10% Marines are 13% guards, 1%, but we haven't had any yet in the space force. So we're <laughs> Pretty new, pretty new to that. <laughs> um, okay. So, so to put your words back into your own mouth there, um, the VA social worker. So the way all of this works is the VA social worker is the store. The veteran is the customer. You're providing just an extra candy bar in the store or a bag of chips. Absolutely. Tracking. Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Again, I'm going to go back and uh, as I said in the beginning and always say it's the best social workers that do all of the heavy lifting. Mm. When they have the veteran who has nowhere else to go, they'll do a simple online referral form that's got uh, three questions and the landlord's information and the name of the veteran. Hit send. Those are automatically approved. And what we do is we'll send an email to the landlord letting them know this is approved and to the VA social worker and the veteran and then send the check the same day. Uh, we really, we, the way we view our, our, uh, um, our work is, is we operate at black ops speed just to help them 
maybe clear the landing zone to be able to get them housed. Because mm-hmm. once they get housed, then the VA social workers provide this ongoing support. Yeah. So what we what we do is is we created a system. We don't really do anything. I don't think we created a system that lets regular Americans house homeless veterans when they need us most, and that's when they're abandoned on the street. How'd you get ZZ Top and John Mellencamp and, and some others to to help you out with this? So I, I, I alluded earlier. I was a uh, have a background in, in in television and a stand-up comedian for for eight plus years. Okay. And the the John coincidentally just came by. I started a homeless project in Toledo in 1990, mm. and John Mellencamp came by our little thing and stopped in accidentally on his way to a sold-out show that night in Toledo. And and he was just passing through to see what it was. And he and I bonded really well. He stayed over an hour. And and he invited all the homeless at Tent City to a show that night. And 60 went. He made room for 60 people in a sold-out show. Oh, wow. One came back after to Tent City and said, can John talk to us on the stage? I guess I really do matter. And that's how One Matters, our nonprofit, began, onematters.org. And then uh, when when I was looking to do uh, – when I started Veterans Matter and found out there were 60,000 veterans – on the streets. I wanted to do PSAs and, and people like celebrities. So I uh, uh, emailed a friend said, Hey, you know, who do you have that's in the area that might want to do this? And, 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 and my friend, Bob Merlis said, Hey, Dusty Hill is actually there uh, next Tuesday. And, and so we went up there, we did him. And that's when he said, Hey, we start this in Houston and do the veterans down there. And they've now housed over 1300 veterans just in Houston that's so because he felt called to help help these veterans. Okay. So, so Ken, if, if someone is listening to this and wants to do what you do in helping veterans, like you do in Toledo, how should they start? And is there, is there maybe an expensive mistake that you learn from that they should know? You know, the, the simplest way, quite honestly, is for them to contact us and we'll set something up in their area. Uh, because the, the unique thing about us is the delivery system, okay. uh, our ability to be able to get their funds to the veterans in literally minutes. Um, I alluded to the, uh, uh, the, the, the survey earlier. Yeah. It, it, about we did a national survey, and the average time to to get a deposit, thirty four percent are uh, one to two weeks. Another quarter of them are three to five weeks. Where it takes to be able to, so over half it could take up to five weeks to get the deposit. Yeah, And that's because of the local resources that are available. Sometimes those take time. Sometimes it's SSVF. Sometimes it's other programs. So if they really wanted to set something like up, like this up, I, I, one, if there's already the program locally, you'd want to go support them. And if not, let you know, uh, contact us and we'll set it up so we're able to deliver their capacity in minutes. Got you. What if they want to set up their own uh, piece of candy in the store at their local area? Maybe that, that, how would they go about, uh, that? go ahead. Real simple. I'll get a hold of uh, uh, the funds, create the funds, and then get a hold of the local uh, uh, HUD VASH program yeah. and let them know that they have those resources available. Because you know, there's, there's, there's never enough. Um, we, of the 4,000 veterans that we've housed, it's in, I think we're in 28 states now. So mm. there's half of America that still has a need greater than what we can provide. Yeah. Very good. Very good. If someone is listening to this and, and they are either homeless or about to be homeless or, or they know a homeless veteran, uh, what is the first thing that they should do? Uh, first I'll go to Megan, then I'll go to Ken. 
So Tanner, I would say that the most efficient way for someone who is experiencing homelessness or worried about it or knows someone who's struggling with this, um, the first thing they should do is, is call our 1-800 number. Um, the VA has a 1-800 number for homeless veterans. It's um, 877-48-AID-VET, V-E-T, 877-424-3838. That's a 24-7 number. Um, and folks will ask a couple, who answer, ask a couple really quick questions, and then they direct them to the appropriate local resource to follow up with that veteran, and they should receive a response back same day. Um, that is a universal way to get connected with the appropriate and available resources in their local community. Outstanding. Ken? Exactly the same answer. That's what we tell people to do, because that's the way to get connected to the program. Um, that that is the the shortest route to get connected, and that's what we recommend every everybody who is in need or knows somebody in need make that call. You know, I love it when I have a government representative and I have a local nonprofit on the street representative, and the answer's the same. I love hearing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finally, what? What? that's that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Um, Finally, for, for, for both of you, uh, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, uh, but is there anything that I might have missed or didn't ask that you think our audience would like that they should know? And I'll first we'll go to Ken and then uh, Megan, you can, you can, hit, you can, you can take it home. Okay. Yeah. I think the, the, the coolest thing is how amazing people are in stepping up to be able to help house uh, homeless veterans. Um, there's uh, one of our, our, our primary, uh, a corporate advocates is a company called First Nation Group. And they, they, out of the 4,000 plus that we placed, uh, about 1,500 of those were, were funded by their amazing employees who, who came together. The veteran service organizations have about 25, another 25% of the veterans who are housed. Uh, uh, the service groups, entertainment, radio, all stepped up because there are veterans in need who need us right now. And, 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 when you know they possibly could die, if you don't, you just do. Yeah. Um, and that's just, and, and, and what our donors do is they actually give the veteran the chance to turn the key in the door to go in rather than get turned back to the streets. Because if they don't have the deposit, they have to go find it somewhere. Very good. Megan? You know, I think Ken said it well and has said it well um, all the way through, but I really think the key is that all of this work and our success in this work is, is a partnership. You know, I work for the VA homeless programs. I work for HUD-BASH because I believe in this government program, um, which is a pretty amazing thing to be able to say. I believe in the mission of the program and I believe in the work and the resources that, that we have. That said, we can't do it alone. Um, HUD-VASH at its core is a partnership between HUD and VASH. Um, we can't um, assist our veteran colleagues um, and our, our, our veterans that we serve with housing without the partnership of landlords, um, property developers, our public housing authorities, um, our other programs like the nonprofits who run SSVF grants, um, and, and agencies and private citizens like can and veterans matter that fill in the, the gaps and those gaps look different in, in every community, right? So yeah. veterans matter found a gap, um, but it looks different in different places. And, and, you know, none of us have all the pieces 
Um, so that partnership is really essential and it's the core. There's a place um, for everyone to get involved uh, in, in fixing this problem we have in front of us. Megan, you, you know, and Tanner, we've uh, just, well, you know, we've housed almost 100 veterans up in Washington. And I think, uh, Megan, did you uh, talk to any of the social workers uh, locally? You know, I have. Um, some of, you know, I think you've described well, Ken, how Veterans Matter has been used um, in some areas of Washington, which is really to fill the gap when there wasn't another community resource available, right? Um, the folks who've used Veterans Matter to house uh, homeless veterans here for those deposit assistance have talked about times where, you know, they looked at all the normal resources, um, the, the normal agencies they go to to assist the vets in getting their um, move, move in deposit money um, at the last minute. And those those have been exhausted for whatever reason, right? All the normal channels were gone and they were able to quickly go to Veterans Matter and say, hey, we need this right away or this veteran's going to lose access to this unit, right? Um, and they, that came through in a pinch. And so it really, um, locally in the area I'm in, is used exactly how you describe Ken. It's, it's not the first line because there are other resources available in a lot of cases, but when there's not, it comes through in a pinch. Wait, so Veterans Matters, it's, it's, you're based in Toledo, but you've housed veterans all over the country. Right, in 28 states nationwide. And it's all because people come together. And, and I think, you know, I wrote down, Megan, from your talk, we're, the, we're the, 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 the funder of last resort for veterans who have nowhere else to go. And I think that really summarizes it. And that's a really, really cool way to, to, you know, they talk about people that fall through the cracks. You know, these, these are veterans who will get turned back to the streets if they don't have the deposit without the other resources that are available. And I think that that's just how, how it works. You know, you talk about the different candy bars that are in the store. Sometimes some sell more than others in different markets. But the bottom line, together, collectively, all of these pieces are what make it happen. Uh, and and that, again, is making sure that every single homeless veteran has a home for the brave and the land of the free. I chose to be an outreach worker because of the fact that I've been there. I know what it is to be homeless. When I utilized my VI bill to get my house, that was like the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my whole life because they helped me get a piece of the American dream. Choose VA today. For more information, visit va.gov. want to thank Megan and Ken for coming on and breaking down such an important resource for us and for their patience in getting their episode out. You can find more about the HUD-VASH program at www.va.gov forward slash homeless forward slash HUD hyphen VASH dot ASP. This week's Born the Battle of Veterans of the Week, and yes, veterans, are the 13 veterans that we lost in the August 26th attack in Kabul. Marine veteran Darren Hoover of Salt Lake City, Utah. Marine veteran Johanny Rosario Pichardo of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Marine veteran Nicole Gee of Sacramento, California. Marine veteran Hunter Lopez of Indio, California. Marine veteran Dagan Page of Omaha, Nebraska. Marine veteran Humberto Sanchez of Logansport, Indiana. Marine veteran David Espinoza of Rio Bravo, Texas. Marine veteran Jared Schmitz of St. Charles, Missouri. 
Marine veteran Riley McCollum of Jackson, Wyoming. Marine veteran Dylan Marola of Rancho Cucamonga, California. Marine veteran Kareem Nakui of Norco, California. Navy veteran Maxton Soviet of Berlin Heights, Ohio. And Army veteran Ryan Noss of Corrington, Tennessee. We honor their service. And we welcome their families with open arms into the veteran community. Ready. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a future born the battle veteran of the week so we can all learn their story, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you're hearing this for the first time and you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcatching app known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, nor any media products or services they may provide. I say that because the song you're hearing now is called Machine Gunner, which is courtesy of the nonprofit Operation Song. It was written by Marine veteran Mark Milkilhoney, Nashville songwriter Jason Seaver, and Michael Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week. Take care. We gotta get them one way or the other. Machine gun. bullets fly day and night rain. Simplify till we're another campaign. My desk is a rock. Where the drug lords cut up millions My pen is a 7.62 round That'll cut them down in an instant Point, click, pull the trigger to the tune of falling brass Full benefits and a purple heart And a Russian-made bullet in my back Raining down lead, punching that clock Get them, boys, I'm laying down cover Bullets fly, day and night rain Simplify, do or die, another campaign Here we go, lock and load, oh, 331 Lug a thousand rounds, and I ain't bringing back one